everyone, welcome to Valley Talks. My name is Sylvia Gorajek and today I'm super excited to welcome Andrei Homola, a founder and CEO of Lifelike, a visual learning tool. Hello Andrei, it's such a pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you Sylvia for having me, I appreciate it. What's Lifelike? What does it do? How does it work? Lifelike is a learning platform uh, allowing users to take 1000 interactive 3D models and to use them for learning about the sciences. What is super cool about it is that you can have those 3D models for VR devices, for AR devices, you can have it for 3D printers, you can have it for interactive whiteboards. So teachers and students in 15,000 schools around the world are using that and uh, we are excited to see more and more coming. We started four years ago uh, with a company called Corin, which is a sister company to Lifelike and uh, we've been uh, working with teachers all around the world identifying those difficult topics for the sciences to cover. And now we are proud to have 1,000. Those 1,000 was verified by top universities like Stanford, like uh, US Merced, etc., etc. But now we are, you know, excited to bring another couple thousands more. And uh, we might be, you know, creating tools for teachers as well as create their own, not only us. And so Lifelike is a platform that actually allows to use those models for learning, right? And for VR and probably were you licensing uh, during those years, the, you know, the use of these models as well? How, did, how was it before you had the platform? Uh, that's a great question. So, you know, the Lifelike, let's assume that it's like the YouTube. So basically it's a great place to have everything under one umbrella. And what also Lifelike allows is uh, to subscribe to the models, which was not really possible before. So before we have, uh, we have uh, schools in our, around the world which were licensing the models, but that's, for example, not the case for the US uh, education system where uh, the, the schools and districts are usually just subscribing to the, to the tools. So, uh. Do they need to have any other devices to actually use those models with Lifelike uh, because you mostly support the VR experience, right? That's a great question and uh, what we are super proud is that we are bringing the same experience into whatever device they got. So uh, if they are lucky to have those fancy gl the, the glasses mm -hmm. or they got just uh, interactive whiteboard or even they got Windows 7 computer with a projector. So we are deploying the great content across all of those devices. Are you mostly targeting schools with your product? Uh, that's how we started. Uh, we thought that uh, if we wanna you know, make, it, make a difference and impact in education, we need to start with teachers and schools. So uh, with the Lifelike, we are starting as well offer product for parents and, and students, but uh, still the, the primary focus is, is teacher and to make sure that we are helping teachers to engage students. These products are mostly biology, right? chemistry maybe what in what um, it's science right so it's for what type of uh, subjects it's called well it's uh, th that's a great question so it's, it's called a stem it's uh, it's a sciences and technology type of uh, uh, subjects but we are now adding more and more culture related uh, content so for example now we are working with Stanford on uh, uh, archaeology reconstruction of I guess 8,000 year old house so we are trying to make sure that uh, from our sweet spot, which used to be science, we are expanding the portfolio outside. This sounds like a pretty disruptive idea to bring VR to schools, whereas it's not that popular among consumers yet. 
And so how do schools react to it and how are you actually approaching schools so that you would convince them that it's worth to use it? I mean, the, the important thing is that uh, the schools are today equipped with a lot of great technologies. They are having their iPads, they are having their computers, they got interactive whiteboards. You know, not, not only in countries like United States as well as in Czech Republic where we are originally from. And the whole point is that uh, currently those, those technologies are not really effectively used in a classroom because there is really missing the content which is taking advantage of those uh, devices. Uh, of course, adoption is usually the most difficult piece in the whole education system because as, as we know, the teachers, they are super busy. They have a ton of work and usually you, you, you don't have those type of interactive whiteboard devices in the, at your home. So the teachers don't have so many time to really play around with those technologies. Mm -hmm. So if, if you really want to be successful, you need to make sure that it's super simple to use and teachers want to use it. Yeah, and when you approach schools, how, how does it look like? Who do you talk to? Uh, how long is the process until they actually on, you know, have, have this onboarded in uh, the school? Absolutely. So uh, we are lucky that when we came to, to uh, Silicon Valley, uh, we met uh, Steve Ballmer, the former CEO of the Microsoft. And then uh, we start to talk to uh, Anthony Salcito, which is VP of Education at Microsoft. And to make long story short, we became the uh, go-to app, the, the showcase app for Windows 8 in education. Mm -hmm. And thanks to that, we've been able to talk to uh, thousands and thousands of schools around the world. As well as... Uh, That's how you got the foot in the door. Absolutely. Right? With Microsoft, Absolutely. Actually. Wow, so were you actually aware that this will be the great approach for you or did it happen by chance? How, how did it get started that you actually thought that Microsoft will be a great partner for you and this may work out? Uh, let me share you know, what we learned before we came here. Yeah. Uh, if if uh, you are a developer on mobile site and that was coming back 2010 roughly, all of the, all of the companies have been really making money where the company how companies have been able to partner with Apple or Google during the launch of their iOS or Google Play platforms. Because during that time, there is really nobody there. And those, uh, you know, Apple, they, they need to show how amazing, you know, iOS and uh, iPad and iPhone is. Mm -hmm. So they are looking for great content to basically pitch their devices. So when we came here, uh, we've been trying to look around and trying to understand, you know, how we can basically just, just make it happen in the Silicon Valley. And then uh, when we had a chance to meet Steve Ballmer, I said, we will just bet everything on, the, on, on this card because uh, this is our last chance to be part of the big game on mobile. And that's, that's basically how we started with, with, uh, with Microsoft. When was it? Uh, 2012, I guess. That was even before you had the platform ready yet, Absolutely. Right? That was with your 3D models. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. So uh, even, even the product, the, we, we created a platform not because we've been, uh, you know, uh, we thought this is a great idea and it's just we've been uh, kind of like excited about making platform. The point was that uh, we have around 600 different interactive models and if you don't have a platform, then you have a product spread it in a lot of different places. And uh, we've been approached by customers in Middle East, uh, in, uh, in, in the Gulf area, and they said, uh, we are excited about your product, but we need to make it uh, very easy to be uh, used by uh, students and teachers, not only in a school, but in their homes as well. So what for Microsoft was important that you allowed your models to be used exclusively on, uh, on Windows? 
and with some different applications that were used on Windows? How did it work in practice? That's, that's, that's a really great question. Uh, the whole point is that if you are launching your new platform, you're looking for great content, uh, which is helping people to be really excited about. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. I mean, we, we made an app which, uh, you know, was, uh, I guess it was first time where the Microsoft exec was receiving the uh, applause and wows on open scene while, you know, demoing our content. And uh, uh, then we realized, look, uh, if we will be really loyal with Microsoft, then we will basically, uh, will be just publishing this new content on, on uh, Windows 8 then the chance that they will like us is even higher and our chance to do the penetration of the market working together is even higher. So uh, we've been lucky that it worked and uh, we've been introduced to uh, Dell, to Intel. HP is now bundling us to roughly, I guess, maybe a million devices per year as a part of their school pack. So that's, uh, that's the result of this strategy. And now you also decided to be open for uh, Apple as well. Well, now we are, you know, we reached a point where we built a critical mass of the product and uh, we reached a point where we thought, well, now is the time to open us to the world. What's your business model? You're licensing, are you selling subscription to your platform? That's yes, how it works? absolutely. So, so if, you are, if you are a parent or a student, you can subscribe to our 1000 interactive models per $10 per month. Uh, of course, the schools have different prices and there is different price per district, there is different price per school, there is different model in Asia, there is different model in Central Europe, different model in, uh, in uh, Latin America where we are also selling. So. And you're selling to 15,000 schools yes. right now? And how did the idea for um, Lifelike and for your previous company uh, come about? Are you a 3D designer? How did it happen that you actually went into the 3D industry? Uh, so, uh, my good friend, uh, he was from the 90s uh, working on those big games. Uh, you, you know, maybe people know 2K, which is one of the biggest gaming studio in the world. So he was working there and uh, when we met, uh, I guess it was like 2007, 2008, after a long, long time, he was showing me, you know, the amazing things he was working on. And I said like, oh my God. This can be like the huge game changer for publishing. And uh, we start to talk and uh, we've been doing a lot of different pivots. Uh, we've been trying, you know, we've been twice between top five companies worldwide in architecture visualizations. Uh, we've been giving keynote speeches in uh, culture heritage documentation conferences. Um, uh, we've been working on the marketing with uh, Volkswagen Group in, in Europe, uh, with, with other companies. But then we, we learn that interactive 3D is a game changer for, for learning. And that's why the education and K-12 sciences. You're coming from Czech. Yes. And that's, is this where you started working on this? Yes, correct. We started, uh, as I said, 2008, 2009. And in a certain moment, we realized you know, being in a small country, it's, it's usually uh, so difficult to, to kind of like make the, the, the step to, to be the, the, the global leader. We've been receiving a lot of pushback from the people there. You know, people were like, yeah, that's cool, but you know, who cares? Mm -hmm. uh, people been like, mm, yeah, that is like, I saw that like a million times before, you know. It's like, well, actually, no, we are probably one of the few companies in the world doing that. I said like, oh, come on. So uh, then when we had a chance to, uh, so the Czech government agency called Czech Invest, uh, 
It's helping startups to get here. So we've been interviewed and we received some support from them in, uh, in early 2012. And uh, we thought that's, that's basically our chance to either make it or either to do something else. And uh, we've been so excited to, to, to try that and it's been a, a, such a great journey for us. And you moved to America and that was also a very interesting moment when you arrived here. No, that was fun. So I landed in New York and it was, I guess, 24th of October. And uh, I supposed to leave East Coast and fly here on 29, uh, 28. But exactly, I think 29, it was uh, hurricane. And for, for us from Central Europe, where we never experienced hurricane before. And when we were watching all of the coverage in media, before mm -hmm. this is the end of the world. So that was exactly <laughs> when you were there, right? Absolutely. So that uh, was it uh, was great experience, and uh, just when uh, when uh, the, the you know everything just uh, back to normal, I just flew here. I think beginning of uh, of uh, November 2012. You had a little delay in a flight. Yeah, like like a week. Oh, know? a week. Yes. Right. So how did you get started here? You arrived here. Did you know anyone before you arrived here? Uh, as I said, the, the Czech government, they organized this program for the startups. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we get some introductions. But usually, you know, the, what, what I see, and I need to admit, the companies from Europe coming here that are usually a bit cocky. So we thought, I mean, we are the best uh, of the best mm -hmm. and we know everything. But uh, it was really difficult for us to learn about uh, what are the parts which are so great about what we do and what are the parts which we have no idea at all. And especially the, the, the marketing and, and business, that's, that was a big learning journey for us. Um, your approach is pretty interesting because you didn't really count on investors that much along your you know, company life, right? You, you tried to be profitable with your business and that's how you probably sustained the life of the company for the most part. Logan, I think this is this is coming back to to our mindset. I mean, we don't believe in borrowing money from someone. You know, we believe in like making money. So uh, we are lucky that we've been generating revenue from day one of the company. Of course, we are lucky that we have angel investor back in uh, back in Czech Republic, who is a, who is a great help for us. But uh, you know, I don't really get this mindset of those some kids I'm meeting here, which. It's kind of like all about like the next funding round, just all about evaluation, just all about the relationship with investors. You know, I, I think it's all about business and, and serving customers. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's been also another type of learning curve, trying to understand that there are some things which are so cool about Silicon Valley, that are some things which I'm not buying. So you're not here for investors? No, absolutely not, we are here for business. Uh, again, I mean, it would be so hard for us to meet Steve Ballmer in uh, Brno or Prague, Czech Republic. Of course. Uh, that's, this is really the spot where we can meet all of the hardware partners, and they are usually you know, a very important part of our strategy, as well as this is a place full of know-how about the product. I mean, that's the, the product management, uh, the marketing, the social media, everything is here. So uh, I, I guess every company in tech space, they should have somebody here. It's, and this is you in your company. Yeah, well, I, I, am, I am that one who is so sacrificed, yes. <laughs> yeah, so has to sacrifice and like, it's so painful, right? <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm joking. But uh, still, I mean, it's, it's definitely out of the comfort zone because you are here with, without your friends. The, the, the social environment is different. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, as well being here, it means like you're working 24 seven. 
that is like no like weekends because this is not like your family or yes you have some friends but it's not the same type like being back in Czech Republic where you have like everybody there mm -hmm. so it's it's a little bit harsh I guess and then you're the one in charge so so you work on your things here and probably you know um, late in the evening the new day starts in Czech and that's also something that you need to catch up on and you know often be with you know as much energy as you can and again like talk to them over there yeah that's that's fun so my my morning shift starts at 7 a.m so that's usually you know the time where i'm still talking again to to colleagues in Czech republic we have a team meetings then you know as of like 10 11 i'm starting doing my like the homework all the things which happen over the night uh, in the afternoon i have some time to work on real things uh, if, if i may the afternoon is or evening is usually some meetup or some speaking opportunity. And then around 10 o'clock, the, the Czech Republic is back to work and I'm slowly starting to talk to them roughly till the midnight. But still you want to stay here. You don't want to move back. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you feel kind of like on the drugs. Mm -hmm. So it's at the same time, it's really exhausting. But uh, there is also so much energy coming from the market and uh, meeting great people. So I, I, I need to admit like the quality of the people and inspiration I'm getting here, it's, it's really amazing. So it's, it's worthy for me. Coming back to the strategy of your company. So I understand at the beginning it was partnering with Microsoft or just make, giving them a reason to uh, promote you guys among their networks. And what's your strategy right now? How do you want to approach more schools and how do you want to make this happen? That's a great question. Do we have like half an hour? Uh, well, no, you need to do that like in two minutes. <laughs> so, uh, absolutely. So, um, we, we, you know, we believe into one thing, which is uh, there is so many great devices currently available on the market. And uh, what we also see that there is no really good content, which is really taking advantage of those devices. So we are lucky that we are work working with hardware OEMs and they, they like us. And again, we are bundled to HP, we are bundled to VR device called ZSpace. And there is, I guess, more uh, to be announced pretty soon. Uh, that's basically one thing. And the, the second thing is, you know, just finding the right channel partners. Because, you know, if you are a small startup with, uh, you know, 35 people, you really have no chance to really approach those, uh, those uh, uh, customers directly. So finding the right channel partners who can, who can basically uh, serve the needs of the teachers and uh, schools and districts in the best possible way. VR for schools is a really interesting concept and I feel like you hit the nail on the head um, with choosing that industry. Um, how do other industries look like? Because we understand that for, for just consumer perspective, we don't use this, like I don't use VR yet and we don't use this on our everyday lives. But how, where else is this really applicable um, in addition to education? that you have observed. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that we will see more and more using the AR and VR in productivity. So I, I believe that, uh, you know, once the tools will be there, I, I think that can be like the next way how the people can be, instead of having the one monitor in their office, if, if you use your, your glasses, you can have like the six different monitors. Uh, at the same time, it's much easier for you to, to, to uh, communicate with your colleagues because Everything happens in the one environment. Yeah, but aren't you getting dizzy then? Uh, you know, the technologies are really getting better. Uh, you know, 
two years ago, the technology was really kind of funky. Now, uh, you know, I just installed my HTC Vive in my living room yesterday and uh, it's, it's really solid. So I was wearing that for like almost an hour and uh, it felt really okay. But, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, that's one possible vertical. Obviously, entertainment is clear. So uh, I, I think I don't need to go very much into that one. Uh, we've been organizing last week the, the panel about VR and AR in healthcare as well. I think healthcare have huge uh, opportunities using the VR in, in a lot of different uh, directions. Mm. It would be fun that, let's say, doctors could scan our body the way it is now in a pretty big detail, but that's, that's probably even way further uh, dream, but that they could actually use the VR device and maybe, you know, even go inside our bodies and like check on things, right? That's scary, isn't it? Well, I don't know, but if it was to help? No, absolutely. There's, there's one, one, one way and there is already some, uh, some like uh, methods using the VR for different operations. But uh, what I learned last week during the panel was that the, the VR can be super important in terms of the rehabilitation, in terms of all of the, I would say, the, the, the mental diseases. I, you know, oh. Pardon me that I don't have better expression for that. So that seems to be very powerful. For uh, like stimulation? Absolutely. Or just, you know, the, the stress management. I mean, the phobias. So mm -hmm. that's, and there are data proving that this is a very powerful tool. What's your big dream for life like? Well, it's, it's clear the, the vision is that 3D should be the major type of digital media in five years. In order to get there, there needs to be platform that will do the same job uh, for category like YouTube did for online video 10 years ago. And that's going to be lifelike. All right. I wish you that. And um, I keep fingers crossed for your business. And how can we actually uh, find more information about lifelike on the internet right now? Absolutely. Just, uh, just go for www.lifelike.com. And uh, a pleasure. And thank you for having me.